2: From Variety, celebrating more than 115 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast.
3: People are looking for hope in a world that seems rather hopeless lately. You know, every time you turn on the TV, every time you open your phone, there's some other horrible thing going on out there. And you know, we, I think our show really shows the good in humanity. You know, we get to tell the stories of so many amazing people every single episode.
2: Netflix's Queer Eye has won the Outstanding Structured Reality Program Emmy every year since 2018, and it's hoping to continue that streak this year. I'm Michael Schneider, and on this episode of the Variety Awards Circuit Podcast, we talked to four of the Queer Eye Fab Five, Karamo Brown, Anthony Porosky, Bobby Burke, and Jonathan Van Ness, about how the show continues to change their lives, in addition to the lives of the people they help, and the lives of the audience who watches. It's all next on this edition of the Variety Awards Circuit Podcast. Stay close. The Fab Five hosts of Netflix's Emmy-winning Queer Eye often hear from audiences and participants about how the show's changed their lives. But the show also changed the life of host Karamo Brown when he reconnected with his estranged father after 18 years. Brown says he and his father had not talked for those 18 years, and they recently connected, however. During a family vacation, his father sat down to watch the sixth season of the series.
0: (laughs) Texas, everybody. Howdy, y'all. Our heroine is a two-step dance instructor and her family-owned honky-tonk. What is a honky-tonk?
4: I am an older
3: woman. But do I show cleavage? You bet.
0: Josh is charming and wonderful, but he doesn't shower half the time.
1: Oh, are y'all seeing this?
5: I've always just been really, really insecure about my body. It took me 20 years to realize I needed to transition.
1: I want to nominate Navarro High School Prom Committee. We need help with prom. We have one week.
0: Are we going to slay this prom so hard? Yeah. Are we going to look better than we've ever even thought about looking?
1: Yes. Yeah.
4: 2020 was a hard year for all of us. It's been a year of a pandemic. So much change.
0: However, it's a moment to really remind ourselves of what really matters to us, which is each other.
5: I don't want to be about it but I'd like to do,
2: give you a hugs. Hug. But it's not just Brown who feels the social impact of the show. Bobby Burke adds that he is often stopped on the street or receives direct messages from audiences about how specific episodes impact their viewers. Kurai, which spent season six in Texas, just wrapped filming its seventh season in New Orleans. And Karamo Brown, Anthony Porosky, Bobby Burke, and Jonathan Van Ness joined Senior Artisans editor Jazz Tanke on the Award Circuit podcast to share their stories. In addition to sharing thoughts about the diversity, the social impact, and representation of Kurai, the hosts even offered their red carpet tips for the Emmy Awards. But first, Jazz begins by asking them about what it's like now to get those Emmy nominations.
3: Every year it's it's just, it's shocking and surprising, you know, because we never in a million years went into this thinking that this would be our lives and that we would be getting recognition from the Academy every single year. I know that when we The five of us, when we finished filming season one, two, which we filmed together, I think we were all kind of like, well, that was fun. Like, maybe we'll see each other around. You know, we would have never thought that we'd be here now, you know, talking about Emmy nominations for season six and in the middle of filming season seven and still feeling as much love as we have every year. It's just been amazing.
4: Um, I to directing, like, all, all of those have always been lovely. But the one for me for Best Unscripted, genuinely is one that I think um, really represents every single person who's on production. And some a lot of these people have been there since day one, and we get new people who join us every single season who we get to welcome into our family. And then a couple of years ago, to have stretched that even further and, and to even be nominated for Best Host, I think is something that blew all of our minds. So I think, um, you know, I speak for all of us in saying that we're just tremendously... Grateful and 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 humbled to be to be able to sit at the table.
0: Someone told me today that I mean, I think all of the recognition for the show is like what Bobby said to Echo is beyond all of our wildest dreams. Um, but someone said to me today that it didn't occur to me that this is our third consecutive nomination for hosts. And so, because The nominations for Queer Eye are like beyond otherworldly and so exciting, but they actually like aren't the five of our nominations like these like we're now three time Emmy nominees, all of us for Outstanding Host, which is especially this year with like the caliber of TV that has come out in the last year and the amount of hosts that were submitted and to be recognized alongside such pioneers and such leaders is just so amazing. And I also like not to blow our own horn, but I also think a show like Queer Eye, we aren't traditional hosts in the sense that we're like speaking straight to camera, welcoming you to a studio in the way that tr- like other traditional TV hosts are. Our jobs are a little bit more like you, like we're out in here, going to people's homes and like you know, it's not, we aren't in the studio for like a little bit and it's like, we, it takes us a week to film an episode. And so I think to even get the Academy and to get voting members to see us as hosts, which I very much see us as hosts, um, is a huge honor because it took us a minute. And then to be recognized in that way, (laughs) three years in a row is really, I just think so incredible for us and never would I thought, have thought that we would be able to, the five of us be able to be like three-time Emmy nominees is, it's just incredible.
5: Yeah, I think it it blows my mind because as we're all saying, we, none of us have ever expected this, but we know the work we put in and to kind of piggyback off of what Jonathan said, you know, like having my own talk show going into that now, I look at like how I host that and how I host and the five of us host this show. And literally the hosting that we do on this show from my experience is harder because we have to adapt on the fly. We have to do these things That, you know, when I'm on my talk show, like, it's hard and it's difficult, but it's like, you know, you have like sort of like easy in-studio things. And so I'm always so impressed when I look at Anthony, when I look at Bobby, when I look at Jonathan, when I look at Tan, when I look at myself, of like the way that we're able to just allow our heroes to to be guided as hosts in a way that where they feel as if the cameras don't exist, the world doesn't exist, we're just there with them. And um, and especially when you're outside, you have all these elements coming at you. I, I'm just proud of the work that we do as five hosts. And it, I'm, I'm thankful, beyond thankful, that we're even considered and nominated. And hopefully one of these days we'll win.
1: I love that. Why do you think Queer Eye resonates so strongly with you is every time, you know, a season drops you know you f- you can follow the reaction on real you know in real time on social media but talk about why you think like it hits with viewers
3: i think one of the big reasons is people are looking for hope in a world that seems rather hopeless lately you know every time you turn on the tv every time you open your phone there's some other horrible thing going on out there and you know we I think our show really shows the good in humanity. You know, we get to tell the stories of so many amazing people every single episode that just kind of reminds people that we're not blue, we're not red, we're not just a political party, we're all just humans. And when we all set out to share love and acceptance and hope, that's what we give.
4: I mean, I think if you look at it specifically, you know, with season one what was going on politically, not to get politically, but when Trump was in a sense of optimism and then there was the pandemic that hit and then there are all these world events that are happening. But I think the running through line is it's just that human truth of that connection of feeling like we are sometimes terminally unique in our own experiences and meeting somebody who looks completely different than you, pardon me, there is a helicopter flying right above <laughs> me right now. But it's meeting somebody who at first glance, you think like, I'm not going to have anything to relate to this person. And then by the end of your time, and I've had this, I'm guilty of having this experience as well with some of the heroes where I think like I'm really going to struggle. And by the end of it, I realize that they're they're a human being just like I am with their own struggles. Sometimes they're similar. Sometimes they're very different. But at the end of the day, um, everybody wants to be better. Everybody wants to show up in a more meaningful way to their communities, um, to their to their families and to themselves. And, and and to see that just kind of play out with every single hero in a very tailored, specific, unique way, it, it just, that part never gets old for me.
1: I want to talk about this season. It was so incredible. And the story, you know, the episode that really struck a chord that almost had me in tears was Angel Gets Her Wings. Talk about that episode um, and just the importance of that story you know i mean there's so many beautiful stories this what this season but yeah angel that you know that was just beautiful what that what oh my gosh what was that like filming that episode
0: i think one thing that makes this queer eye so exciting is that like we get to work with people from all different communities and so I think it's especially exciting when we get to work with someone from within the queer community. Like, I know I personally get really excited. I'm like, yay, it's family. Like, it's not like, you know, some like cishet man and got to like teach him about this stuff, you know? And so getting to to connect with someone from within our community is special to all of us. I think that's safe for me to say for all of us. And then I think more importantly than that even is that this is a example of a trans woman of color winning, a trans woman of color being celebrated and being, having good things in her life. I mean, just that by itself, celebrating a trans woman on TV is so beautiful. And and to see her family surround her in love and have that be what her conclusion is, is so just sweet. And and getting to just see her thrive and, and continue to thrive. And, and I think Karamo's work with her and, Her dad, I mean, I don't think I've ever cried so hard in my life watching that scene with um, Cromo and her dad and and Angel. And I know that for me, like, Angel just was instantly a little sister to me. Like, she's at such a tender age when we met her. 23, 24 is like such a tender age. You're going through so much change. She's in this long-term relationship with this woman who she loves. And Angel had been through so much. And I just instantly felt this, like, familial connection with her and wanted to tell her, like, all of the things that I wish I could have said to myself when, like, I wasn't sure about if someone was going to love me or if someone was going to accept me, like, you know, in my life. And... Yeah. And she's been someone who we all have like varying levels of connection with heroes. Like, you know, afterwards, like I am really close with a lot of them. I follow so many of them on social, but Angel is like my trainer. Like when I live in Austin, she's like (laughs) in my house multiple times a week. That's like, so we definitely have like a level of closeness. It's like, and she's probably I'm the closest with her. Like I get her cute, I see a cute swimsuit. I'm like, getting it. Like, I just like, she's like, my <laughs> sister, she <definitely laughs> was, um, but yeah, I'll stop talking. I'm sorry, we talked about that so much. I just love you so much.
5: I, I, what, what Jonathan said is so true. Like the connection that we all had helping Angel, I think we all felt it because we all felt, saw a piece of ourself in her story and her journey and wanting to just be loved and also just knowing that she deserved more. And I got to tell you, um, you know, Jonathan brought it up, but that scene with her father and I was something that why I think as hosts, we're I'm so proud of us, is that we don't shy away on a show that's like supposed to be just all you know, everything's uplifting. We don't shy away from saying like, even though things um, we're going to show you the good side, there's parts of life that have people who might not respond to you and respect you and give you the love that you deserve. And I love that we were able to explore that and show like her father has apprehensions, but not allow it to be her father's story, allowing it to still be Angel's story and letting Angel know that she has the power, that she is what's most important. And and I thought that was such a big thing. And I I can tell you a, a personal story. My father and I, um, have not talked for like 18 years. And we recently connected. And this past Christmas, we were on vacation, family vacation. He's the first one he's been on with our family in years. And we literally sat around and I w- he watched the Angel episode. Wow. And my father is a Caribbean man, um, Jamaican man. You know, like the reason we fell out is because his attitude towards um, homosexuality or the trans community is negative and has been and he's trying to cloak it in like this mask of like, it's about God. And when I tell you, I sat there and just watched him watch Angel. And I watched him watch Angel's father. And, and he was like, oh, my gosh, I, I, I get it. I get it. But he's also like, I get it now why she deserves respect and why she deserves love. And I was looking, I was like, oh, my gosh, hell is freezing over somewhere. Because <laughs> if we don't <laughs> got this Jamaican man to watch this show, I don't know what the hell is going on. But I was so thankful that because of Angel's bravery, because of her ability just to know that she deserves more and because of, you know, being proud of what the five of us have done as hosts, my own father learned something about the trans community. The first, he literally turned to me and said, this is the first time I've ever watched a trans person or seen a trans person. I'm like, it's not, but it's the first time you're getting to acknowledge it. And he's like, she's beautiful. She's great. And I'm like, thank God. And so I'm like, if this can change and growth can happen in my own family, I only imagine what it's going around and what it's doing around the rest of the world. And yeah. that's why I'm thankful to be on this show. And I think that's why it resonates because people are actually not only being entertained, but they're actually growing. And it's just dope to me.
1: Oh, we love it. We love a personal story. Oh, there's such a beautiful story and yeah. Angel. Yeah. Follow Angel on Instagram. Keep up, you know, with everything Angel's doing. It's, you know, it's such an, it's so inspiring. Um, but to your point, Karama, like, you know, and this is for everybody, like, what are you most proud of with the show? You know, six seasons, seven, including Japan, but like.
4: I'll start. Like in any good relationship, I think communication <laughs> is something that's key. And I genuinely am. I promise I don't choke up that easily, but just thinking about it, and I think when we were in Atlanta in season one and we used to we all lived in like the same corporate housing and we would order Indian food and just sit and actually talk about, you know, our heroes and like what our scenes were like. If one had a heavy scene to make sure that the other one just kind of lightened the load so that we're not overwhelming them too much to try to balance it out and having those conversations so that we know how to kind of navigate the landscape of the episode as hosts. And also micro producing in our own ways, along with the help of the lovely producers on the show. I'm not trying to take away any of their work, certainly because it's it's certainly all collaborative and it doesn't just happen with us. Um, and the fact that we actually continue to do that, you know, we still share a trailer and it's season seven. <laughs> and I and I I have to say, I, I kind of I I love that because while we're getting mic'd up and while we're getting dressed, you know, we talk about what we're going to do and we amp each other up and we get each other excited and. Um, it's, um, it's, it's, it's this, like, it's this wonderful, like, camaraderie that I, I never personally had growing up at, at any camp that I went to or any friendship group that I had. And yes, it is work, but it is so much more than that. And to be able to navigate it with these other four Muppets and to be able to continue to do that, I'm, I'm, I'm eternally grateful. You know, for me, I think I'm most
3: proud of being able to be on a show that has not only been life-changing for the five of us just in how, but to be on a show that has been so much fun to make, to be able to work with the most amazing people, but also to be on a show that really does make a social impact. You know, like the example of Karamo's father watching Angel Has Wings. You know, we are stopped on the street all the time. We get DMs all the time where people talk about how a specific episode helped them come out to their family or a minister will reach out to me saying that I, I watched them on the TV episode and I will never. An
4: avocado.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I watched the Tommy, the mama Tammy episode and I will never preach hate against homosexuals and, and lesbians and trans community in my church. Again, like the social impact that our show has been able to have is what I'm most proud of because I never thought I'd be able to, I never thought, Hey, I'd be on TV, but I never thought B I, I'd be able to be on a show that also does so much good.
5: Yeah. I think for me, um, you know, all that Bobby said and Anthony said is so true. But I also like, I like that. I still like these four Yahoos a lot. You know what I mean? Like, I love them with all my heart. And uh, it's kind of going off what Anthony said, you know, um, I, I just, I still, I still like hanging out with them and like doing like silly stuff with them. And like, I know a lot of cast because I've met a lot of other shows and uh, you know, at the season one, people don't like each other. And <laughs> the fact that we are still going strong as on camera as we are off camera it makes me just really happy, you know, coming into season seven that, you know, like it's still strong. And and I think that's why we still have the effect that we have on heroes, because we're still strong. We're still talking. We're still, you know, even though we not we don't eat Indian food together in the the room, we still do eat our lunches in the trailer together um, and still do have our little, you know, dinner nights and stuff. And I, I look at other hope, I mean cast that like after season seven, they don't do that. Um, and we, we've all heard it in the stories, you know, I don't need to be shady and say, bring up any names, but we've heard it where cast are just like, uh, we're done after season two talking. And I think we just keep getting stronger and like our theme song, we just keep getting better. And I just, it just, it just makes me really happy that that's one of the joys of coming back to work and doing this for so long.
4: Sorry to interrupt promo I just have to interrupt you on one very big lie that you said because yes. no, we don't all eat the same thing because you're eating fast food while most <laughs> of us are making healthy choices. <laughs> <laughs> he he is doing better. He is doing better.
3: He is doing better.
5: <laughs> just a little better. I'm, I'm gonna be real. I'm just doing a little better. Just a little.
3: I know. I, <laughs> I've heard the. I've heard the candy wrappers crinkling while we've been talking. <laughs> I
0: think one thing I just want to say really quick is that about the show and something I'm so proud of is because we do get to work with like in the first queer, I was like queer eye for the straight guy. And then we are queer. eye and we've gotten to work with like different people from all walks of life. And I think about Tan and the representation that he brings to the show being a Southeast Asian host. I think about Karamo being this stunning black man who is owning his space in TV, Anthony, Canadian, Polish immigrant, myself, I'm HIV positive. I'm non-binary. Like the, the, Bobby giving me gorgeous, stunning gay man, who is a white man ally, but still, we are, <laughs> th- we are still, we are still giving a version of TV that has not been seen in this, this format in a way that it hasn't been seen. And I also think about like, especially from this last season, like, Jerrica, like when I remember watching the first Queer Eye with my grandparents and seeing like Carson and Kyan and getting to have a conversation about what it meant to be gay with my like much more elderly grandparents. And they didn't have the same views that we have. And so when I think about what people would think now watching like Jerrica, who gets to speak to like the massive health disparities that people face, and she gets to talk about that on Queer Eye. I think about what there's just so many heroes that get to bring up things in their life that are authentic, that impact their lives, that then watching the show, you get to have those conversations. Like that's even cooler than what, than getting recognized and getting the accolades, which is the accolades, which is really so cool. But I think, I think we really have changed hearts and minds with the work that we've done. And I think that's really so special.
4: We get to see diversity succeed. It's like, what more can you ask for? Well, I can
0: ask for like, you know, monkeypox vaccines, healthcare, universal healthcare, like housing is a human right. Like there are other things I want to ask for, but I do think as far as our show, I'm really proud of how we've been able to like increase representation and increase access just to diverse stories.
1: Yeah. So many times, like, you know, again, going back to social media, you know, you hear how the show has changed people's lives. How has the show changed your lives?
5: Well, I just told you for me, I can start literally connecting me back with my father. This show has literally, you know, when he first started coming back in my life, I was like, ah, you're just doing this because I got money. And, and there's some fame attached to it now. And then I realized that, you know, because of the response that he was getting from his friends who were these conservative friends, and they were like, man, I watched your son. Your son is doing good work in this world. I, I think he, I think for some reason he equated my sexuality with no longer being good in the world. And it's a sad thing to say out loud, but those were his very negative conservative views when it came to the LGBT community. And so because of this show and because of the fact that we've had impacts on people and him hearing about that secondhand, he literally was like, I'm sorry that I didn't think you were going to be a good person. I'm sorry that I wasn't there for you. And like literally has come back around with these sorries that like, 18 year old me would have never expected and 40 year old me was blown away that I was getting. And, you know, it's just, it's changed me in that way that like not only am we
4: reconnecting families with other people, but it's like literally reconnecting my family. I think for, for me, I always sort of had this mostly subconscious assumption that I was only going to be successful for parts of who I am and that other Mm -hmm. parts I was going to have to hide. And the fact that I get to be part of a show where I'm encouraged to share every part of who I am, every insecurity, everything that I want to be working on and to, and to have that championed and to see us champion that in our heroes um, is, is I think has been the greatest lesson for me and it's helped me with my confidence and my own personal self-esteem, my own personal journey. Whole new slew of topics in therapy
1: Love that. Bobby, what about for you?
3: You know, I think it kind of goes along the lines of what Anthony was saying, where I've learned so much about myself while doing this. You know, I think we touched on it earlier before where we're, you know, as as host of the show, people think of us as kind of the teachers and we're the ones teaching our heroes how to do this or how to feel better about themselves. But, you know... We are also learning about ourselves every single day. Every time we meet a new hero, we're in a different situation that we never thought we'd be in. We're learning about ourselves. And I I really think we're growing as people. And I think that I'm definitely a much better person having done this show. I think I've grown a lot. I think I have way more self-esteem now. I think I love myself now. I think I've, I've learned, you know, as RuPaul, who always beats us but hopefully well not this year always says if you can't love yourself how the hell are you going to love someone else and I really think that that's what this show has taught me as well
1: yeah love that Jonathan
0: I think this show it's taught me how like when we booked this, or when we were in these auditions, and in, in, back in 2017, I was like, "This is not going to happen to me. Like, I'm not going to book this. This is not like this is too. This is too like, I'm not going to get this." And then I got it. And then, if you would have told me when I booked the show that I was going to write like two New York Times bestselling books, that I was going to be like working on scripted projects, that I was going to be like an international traveling stand up comedian, that I would have started a hair care line, like. I balance stuff that I could have never thought about balancing ever. Like the capacity to like learn and grow and change and like take on new skills. And I gotta like manage people. I could barely manage to do my clients on time five years ago. And obviously I still struggle with timeliness. Bobby, I don't want to hear about it, but I will say (laughs) that I, I am able to manage things and like, and be good to myself and be kind to myself and like, I'm a recovering drug addict for F sake. Like what? Like, this is so cool. Like, I mean, I, so when people are like, what's it like to be famous? I'm like, um, I have a joke in my standup where I'm like, uh, it's like walking around in a constant state of shock. Like, I can't believe that I get to do the things that I get to do. And that like, I get to have these opportunities. And, but at the same time, it's like so much work. And I'm so surprised at my capacity to learn and grow and evolve and it's just it's such a blessing it's so cool I can't believe that I get to do I can't believe it's my life and also the other part about being famous it's been so fun and how my life has changed so much is now I can afford five cats and two dogs like I can have five cats and two dogs and my house is clean I got these like automatic like a litter robots that like my house doesn't even stink and they're all really happy and that's what success looks like for me. Is like having as many cats and dogs as possible without being on orders, oh, which is an unscripted jo- jo- show I do not want to be on.
5: Yes. Jo- Jonathan, I have to tell you, in, in like going with the cat thing, one of the things that I feel so shamed when I buy so much candy, Bobby, I don't want to hear it. Um, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm just joking. I'm joking. Um, I buy so much candy that now um, I don't have to feel ashamed because they give us like things in our dressing rooms, and so people just put the candy in there trying to be sweet, and I can get it's like Halloween day in and day out, <laughs> and so um, that's one of the perks of this this gig that I'm very thankful for. He gets like unlimited it. candy.
1: What is your <laughs> favorite candy? candy? I'm gonna ask. I have to ask you since you're talking about candy he loves so
5: much. By the foot,
0: he loves. Loves. Go for Garthel Garthel it, Jonathan. Go for it.
5: Little
0: what else skittles, you love know? yeah. skittles which Get i actually started. just saw this news article that like they're not fit for human consumption like there's like a whole thing. i'm like I i'm like worry about it that. um but no, you love fruit by the foot. You love like starburst. Love a cu- starburst. You know. Yes. But yeah, this starburst season, is this
4: season, he gets a tray of pineapple, strawberries. Doesn't touch the cantaloupe or the pineapple honey. And, you and strawberries. Ask for a fruit starburst. plate. Your but partner I, is having a really good influence. On charged, yes, that is true.
0: That is not even a lie, That is a full truth. He literally, I've seen it with my own eyes. I'm not even lying. He literally eats like for a rush of fruit. And also this year, and I don't want to give away any spoilers on this current season, but I saw Corral like whale on like healthy food, like or just like like whole food.
3: Like, yeah, candy. I was like, I don't know if <laughs> I'd say candy. the things that he was eating were you know healthy.
0: They were no, that's what them were. I'm just saying not they were like yet. well-rounded food choices that were not from the candy
3: food group. Yes. They and, they had fresh vegetables in them. They you
0: were like they
5: weren't. Hot
3: yeah. beans. Yes,
5: dude. Jazz. I have the that diet of a progress. second year old.
4: A two year old. Okay. Really, sorry. True. Somebody sent you a food chart from elementary school and Gromma finally read it. <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> we love it. We love it. I want to see the fruit platter on your Instagram. I'm um, uh, going <laughs> problem. I got to post it.
5: Okay. I'm going to
0: do, right, do it. I'll do I'll, do it. I'll see you at the end of
1: that. Okay. Jonathan, last question, then this is for you. What's your, actually, this is for everybody. What is your tip for getting red carpet ready for the Emmys? Hopefully, you know, we'll be doing this in person. I think we are right now as as we record. It's still happening. If you want to
4: start things off, do it. Go. Before you leave your hotel room or your home, go pee. I don't care if you don't have to go. Do it.
5: Force yourself.
4: It's gonna be a long time until you're able to go to the restroom. I don't care whether you have an amazing bladder or a, a problematic one.
3: I feel like I feel like every carpet, one of us, like the moment we get there, we our old publicist at Netflix was called Nick. We love Sean, but our old girl was called Nick. And every time we'd get there, we called Nick Mom, and one of us would be like, "Mom." I got to pee, mom! And Nick would have to bring us through the bowels of the building to find us a bathroom before we went to the carpet. So, yes, Anthony, very, very good advice. <laughs> Mine is, like, it's just, like,
0: yeah. don't rush. Like, I find, like, it's, like, like, and this isn't, like, red carpet, ready. Right? Just, like, for anyone that's, like, whatever your red carpet is, like, whatever you're doing, like, your wedding, your proms, your whatever, like, your big events, like, don't do it in a rush. Like, so give yourself ample time, because, like, being rushed when you're, like, in... Don't, like, if you're going to try something new with, like, hair, makeup, or, like, wardrobe, like, something that's, like, really different for you, like, try it beforehand. It's, like, don't, it's, like, yeah. not making, like, Anton, don't make, like, a new dinner for 12 people when you never cooked that dinner before. Because, like, you might have to, like, throw that shit out and get pizza. And you don't want to to do the equivalent of that when you're going to be in front of a bunch of people that you want to look real cute in front of. So, like, practice a new look, take your time, and then just, like, have fun, you know?
5: I, I, I would say just the and it is just watch your face. Because what I learned is that at the Emmy's red carpet, or if you're nominated and have the pleasure of being a winner, there's cameras on you 24-7. And so when you think you're making a shady face or when you think you're making a stunned face, the world sees it. So watch your face. Watch your face. Watch your face. And so if you're if you're nominated and they're about to call you category, instead of looking directly at camera, Look at the person next to you as if you're having a conversation. So that way, if you lose, then it looks like you're like saying, oh my gosh, I have the funniest story. story. It'll take 30 (laughs)
0: seconds. Don't kill me. When we got nominated for Game of Thrones, when... Game of Thrones got nominated for its very first time. I took my mom as my date. It was, like, 2016, and it was the Creative Arts Emmys, and it was, like, on FXX, and I remember thinking, like, oh, my God, are they going to show us? And, like, the camera was, like, right in our face like this when they called my name and my mom was next to me, and then when they called, the person who won, my mom was like, oh, shh. Like, almost (laughs) cussed three times, so she was like, oh, And, like, like (laughs) half of her face was, like, in the thing, and I was like... I wanna see that from Mary. I need to like I wonder if it was like but my mom literally had like the loudest like she was like oh like but like that would the be a good meme now was be so a
5: good funny. Now.
0: Be I remember thing. like and I made a horrified face because I was like like at my mom but then I, like, I was like it was law well, it maybe had to be but it was funny love it
1: love it well congratulations again on the emmy nominations and season six cannot wait for the net new season and thank, thank you. you so much for that fabulous conversation thank and those tips
5: thank you, Jeff. thank you thank you
1: thanks
2: That's Karamo Brown, Anthony Porosky, Bobby Burke, and Jonathan Van Ness, four of the Queer Eye Fab Five. The series continues to stream on Netflix. And that's it for this edition of Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. Drew Griffith edited this episode, and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head on over to variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest Emmy predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Jaz Tanke, Emily Longaretta, and Clayton Davis, I'm Michael Schneider, and we'll see you on the circuit.